Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Every episode, we bring you the first principles of real estate, interviews with the identities and influences that are making their mark on the real estate community and bringing you hints and tips that we hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. This podcast is all about the silly things that friends and family members suggest for you to say when you're out at open inspections or seeking to secure a property. I hope you enjoy it. Why making stupid offers and saying silly things is a dumb idea. All too often, well-intentioned friends and family members offer the wrong advice to you when you come to negotiate a property. I see it every weekend. Opens are full of buyers reciting as best they can what Uncle Ken or Auntie Karen suggested they say over a barbecue the weekend before. Um, I hear it and see it so regularly that I'm wondering if it's actually become a meme in and of itself that I've somehow missed. So what exactly here am I talking about? Every weekend, people ask me pretty much the same questions. And one of those classics is, what are the other offers? This is simply infuriating um, because here in South Australia, it's illegal for me to share with you what somebody else has offered. On the flip side, of course, I can't tell anybody else what you've offered on a property either. To do so can lead to what's called a Dutch auction. And Dutch auctions are when private treaty offerers are told what the other party is offering. Although this may be permissible in other jurisdictions, here in South Australia, Dutch auctions are simply not permissible. The upside for the vendor is that one buyer may stretch and offer more than they would have if they knew what the other party was offering. The downside for the buyer is the uncertainty of not really knowing how close the other buyer is to their offer. And in some cases, that means that they simply don't move. In other cases, it means they perhaps would pay more than what they uh, would have otherwise. But, and it's a massive but, I rarely hear of homeowners regretting stretching to buy the home they call their own when it comes to sell many, many years down the track. Whatever extra they paid at the time of purchase is more than made up at sale time. For instance, I recently sold a property for an elderly lady who regretted her husband spending $4,500 to buy their family home. And at the time, they had to take out a second mortgage and it put them under a huge financial strain. She resented her husband for years and yet on auction day, we sold that home for over $400,000. So the little extra her husband spent all those years ago, a little bit extra in order to secure the home was more than returned to her on auction day. Another thing people say at Opens is, what is your best price or what will the owner take? The best price phenomenon seems to be largely an Indian or Afghan thing. The best price question sounds quite strange when asked in English. Uh, I'm sure there must be a cognate word or phrase in Farsi or Hindi that roughly equates to, in this situation, best being something like, what price makes for the best deal or what is the lowest price the vendor will take? When thought of like that, then it kind of makes some degree of sense. But if said by a native English speaker, which by the way, I've never heard, then it sounds quite peculiar. The Western equivalent of course is what will the owner take? The reality is that the agent is not able to offer you any further guidance on price than that is which is publicly advertised. There is no 
best price just for asking, for instance. So stop asking. The vendor will take the best offer that's before them that satisfies their need to be sold. The, the warm-up question to this is, are there any other offers on the home? Next, what are those other offers? Followed by, how much will the owner take? As soon as a buyer starts this line of questioning, I pretty much know exactly where it's heading. Also, cash ain't what it used to be, so stop flouting it if you've got it. Uh, the reason for this is because finance is relatively easy to get. It's all cash on settlement day as well, so if you are cash, think that that will save you tens of thousands of dollars in a seller's market, then you're, well, you're deeply mistaken. Um, because, well, at the end of the day, buyers are quite plentiful at the moment. As I said before, it's all cash on settlement day. So, um, and by the way, this leads me to something else. There seems to be a whole bunch of buyers out there that are just a little bit mixed up on whether it's a buyer's or seller's market. So let me just be really clear. Uh, this is not a buyer's market. Transactional activity is low. Listings up there are at their lowest level in recent memory. And the pool of buyers is just deep enough to create enough competition around recently released properties for excellent prices to be achieved. Every agent will tell you that right now they need more stock. You will not find too many agents concerned with rising stock levels, for instance. They all want listings now. Property values are not going down as a result by 33%, as was recently reported in, in some media channels. Uh, that is why if you make an offer too far away from the asking price, the agent will not be inclined to even negotiate with you. You may feel that your offer $30,000 or $40,000 below the, the asking price is good, but the reality is that properties are selling closer to their asking price than they have done traditionally. So lowball offers are not likely to help you be the vendor's preferred purchaser. So don't be offended if you make a low offer and the agent doesn't have much time for you. By doing so, you're probably revealing to that agent that you're not a highly motivated buyer in the first place and that you're not completely in touch with the current market conditions. So uh, this 33% figure or this sense that the market's dropping is a, mis is a misquote or a, a probably a, a quote that wasn't lent the right context from a, a Commonwealth Bank Australia report uh, not too long ago that has somehow lingered in the public psyche much longer than, well, than I really anticipated. Values are steady in low demand marketplaces and they're rising in high demand locations. Other silly things that, well, intentioned uncles say uh, for you to say to agents and or, or that the suggestion that they have to you when you're buying a property, especially one that's tenanted, is if you buy a rented house and you want to live in it, then you can just kick out the tenant. Well, that's wrong. A tenancy subsists regardless of proprietorship here in South Australia, meaning that when you buy the house, you also take over the terms of the lease and you're bound by them. You cannot kick out the tenant uh, on settlement day. It's simply not possible. You may be able to negotiate with the tenant to leave by offering an incentive or if the property is periodically let, then you can provide 60 days notice to take over the property. Naturally, if the lease is coming up and you can provide that 30 day notification period to the tenant to say that you want to occupy the property and have them move on, you can do that. But you simply can't kick out the tenant because you've decided you want to move in. 
I could go on and on, but what I do want to do is offer some help. If you're keen to get some insights and want to learn more about how to be a better negotiator, then please reach out to me. Having negotiated over a thousand property sales and what I've learned could well help you make and save tens of thousands of dollars. So if you're interested in getting negotiation tips, auction bidding strategies, and generally developing your negotiation skills, then please let me know. But please, please do not be one of those buyers this weekend that says the same silly things that made the person who told those things to you in the first place sound silly 10 years ago. I'm Dave from Real, and I look forward to bringing you more next time. Thank you again to everybody who's been tuning into the podcast. We've now had over 10,000 downloads. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to on the podcast, you've certainly found a home here. So please stay tuned to more episodes of the Property Pulse podcast simply by subscribing now on the podcast provider of your choice. I'm Dave from Real and we'll look forward to bringing you more next time.